What's up, world? Welcome back to Authentically Us, the podcast where we talk about what it means to be authentic in everything that you do in all spaces, all places. I'm the host, and I got my co-host here, Tony Morton. Tony, say what's up. What's going on, people? Welcome back. Let's go. Um, I guess I should say my name. My name is Conroy Smith, in case you guys didn't know. Um, hey, before we jump in, go ahead and give us a like. Um, give us a review five-star rating hey leave some comments um we got some really cool things coming up um so follow us all social medias also we are streaming um all of our podcasts from anywhere you can listen to a podcast so anywhere anywhere um today we got another special guest um on authentically us we got naya tapper and she has an amazing story she's an olympian guys so you guys are in for it lean in tune in we got some cool things to talk about let's get into it let's go what's up guys so today we got a special guest we got naya tapper on the podcast today you know you got you got me here you got tony guys yo what's naya, up is a big deal she is a 2020 olympian she has two world is it two world cups or three 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 world cups sheesh she's a unc don't grad. sell her short i know i was like is it two or three? <laughs> um she has a degree in exercise science she is a podcast host with leo's den naya welcome to the podcast Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and appreciative that you guys allowed me to have this opportunity to speak with you and your listeners. Yes. Hey, we are excited. Um, Naya and I go back, you know, we, uh, <laughs> I think we, we came in the program around the same, same time mm-hmm. in uh, 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm excited for the people to hear to hear your story. Um, so let's just jump. Let's just jump right in this. Um, my my first question I wanted to ask you because you have many accolades, and rugby wasn't necessarily your first first choice of of anything. Um, so why did rugby become your thing right now? So growing up, I was a very aggressive and energetic child and I also was watching my brother play football as we grew up and so as a child I was always outside playing in the mud or playing football with the guys and I gained a love for the aggressiveness that they were able to have in the sport whether it was talking junk back to each other or hitting each other, stiff arming each other, that type of stuff. And I didn't see that in any of the activities that the girls were involved in. And so watching my brother go through high school, college, and the NFL and CFL playing football, I gained this dream of wanting to be the first girl in the NFL because I didn't see it. And I also loved playing the sport, not so much watching it, but mainly playing it. And so as I got older, I realized that really wasn't a goal that could be accomplished. So I picked up track and field. And so I did that for a long time through middle school and high school, had a lot of success with that. Um, And 
eventually I was approached in high school about playing rugby and I never knew what rugby was. And when I found out what it was and the similarities it had to football, I was all for it, very interested in it, but didn't end up playing it in high school. And so when I got to college and I wasn't pursuing track and field anymore and I needed a new activity to participate in, luckily my college, UNC Chapel Hill, had rugby on a club level. So I thought that rugby could be something that I could do to stay healthy, to stay active, to make friends, and to gain a new hobby in college. And it was also a place where I could access that aggressiveness, that freeness of the power that I had with my voice and also with my body. And so um, when that opportunity presented itself again in college, I took it up. And then now I'm here almost, mm, I want to say 11 years later, having accomplished so many, really gained a passion for the sport. Wow. You have, you have quite, quite the good. story. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, um, I think we had that conversation around when I first met you about like why you chose rugby and you mentioned about mm-hmm. like you did want to be the first woman in the NFL mm-hmm. and you did like tackling and, and all this stuff that like most women wouldn't just say but it was yeah. cool because I've got to see at least your later journey of like you coming from um you know, being in college, coming out for camps, and then now you're an Olympian and like a uh, leading try score, like all these things. It's just like, it's really cool to see your, uh, your journey. Um, I did want to touch on, cause I ran track too. Are you Jamaican by the way? You're Jamaican, right? Yeah. Half Jamaican. Yeah. My dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's like, if you have any type of Jamaican in you, it's like track and field is like, <laughs> ingrained so yeah what what type of events um did you do like were you a sprinter were you a hurdler were you a jumper so in track and field I was mainly a short sprinter and a shot put thrower so very random things but it makes sense now when you see that I'm playing rugby in a sport that involves not only speed but also power so a lot of 100s 200s 55s 300s those shorter sprints which make it are beneficial to to me in rugby but also are difficult as well because being a short sprinter doesn't come with a lot of endurance which is required a lot in sevens and fifteens yeah 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 and we (laughs) Learn that the hard way. <laughs> Very hard. <laughs> Still learning it. Oh my gosh. So, so I'm curious how how was that transition for you going from track into rugby? So on the college level, the transition was very easy. I was faster, bigger, and stronger than majority, if not all of the girls that I was going up against, whether it was at the club level or at D1, D2. Um, And so that was very easy. And I think that's what made me so attracted to it is that everybody loves doing something that you're good at. 
easily that you don't have to work really hard for. And that was the case in college. And then when I transitioned to being a professional, that's when it got difficult. And that's when the adversity started coming in. And that's when I started realizing that I would actually have to work very hard to be able to stay in the sport at the level that I wanted to be in it. So um, I had some ups and downs in the past seven years in terms of getting a grip on not ever becoming complacent and always trying to find ways to get better. And um, that definitely hasn't been an easy thing because going through life and having sports be a part of that sports was always easy. So at the professional level, you really had to make the decision of this is something that I want to do because if so, I'm going to have to work really hard to do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and good. I was, uh, listening to a previous podcast you, you talked about and how um, rugby was essentially your, your first choice in terms of like being a professional athlete. Um, mm-hmm. What, like you didn't even do, you didn't even go into college wanting to do sports, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so. what was that mindset? And like, what were you thinking about like going from high school to college? Well, my dad ingrained in us that professional sports were very temporary. And so it was better to just go and get a degree and and get a nine to five because that was more stable and more realistic. And so going through college, that was kind of my mindset. Once I knew I wasn't going to make it to the professional level for track and field. And so I really focused on that and wanted to be a physical therapist. And so I got my bachelor's degree in exercise and sports science. But um, my first year playing rugby two months in, they asked me to come out to California full time. And having that mindset ingrained in me of how important it was to get your degree, I declined because of that. And honestly, for looking back at it now, that's probably the best decision that I could have ever made. Because I know right now, if I didn't, do that I would not want to go back to school so (laughs) I'm glad that I was able to get that degree and not really have to worry about it after I finally did decide my fourth year of college my last semester to finally move out here and pursue a professional career because I had that stable platform to fall back on if sports didn't work and that's and that's, that's go ahead that's something that I advise to anybody looking to play sports. Like if you're not the number one or number two person in the world in that sport, get your degree and then go pursue it. Mm, yeah. Because good. sports, sports are not forever. Like your, your, your dad not said, forever. and mm. even a sport, like actually the, I mean, I ran track as well in, co- in college and obviously did rugby kind of the same time you were, coming out here and it's like those two sports is not a lot of money in it you know yeah unless <laughs> unless you unless you were number one especially yeah. with sprinting unless you were bolt you know maybe gatlin you know some of those guys mm-hmm. so it it is very important like you said to actually finish your degree and not just you know go to college for you know the, these sports um and i value that because i think it does give you um a different mindset of like as you're training it's like no i'm actually doing this because i want to be here mm-hmm. as opposed to like i have to do this because yeah. i have no other choice yeah. um 
So I'm glad that you said that. And even like, I wanted to kind of touch on like you, you said you, you kind of went through some ups and downs, some trials and adversity. I wanted to touch on that. So you, you chose to come out here um, before you, you, you finished college? Yeah, so my last semester I had to do online while I was training. And, um, and that's, that's when I met you. And it was, it was rough for everybody at that time. <laughs> it was just uh, unorganized with kind of USA Rugby and kind of like mm-hmm. prepping. Because that was, um, we were prepping for Rio 2016 yeah. Olympics. So they were bringing all these people out, men and women. And it was rough for me, but it was for sure rough for the women because there was like, you guys had no money. And I remember yeah. you guys were just stacking people in houses. And I was just looking at <laughs> yeah. them like, man, that is just not, that's not okay. It's not yeah. okay that we have, all of us have our own rooms and you guys, what, were put, fitting in like four in a room? And, Two, but uh, still like the room was so small, you would have thought it was felt like for exactly so talk about like kind of your experience um you know once you moved out here especially because you're like you know I'm I'm gonna say I want to be a professional athlete (laughs) yeah so for me I think when I first came in the goal was the Olympics the Olympics the Olympics if you go to the Olympics you can do anything you want any business that you want to work for any person that you want to work for they will hire you so even choosing rugby it still was very um educated mindset of oh I'm gonna use rugby to help me get a a better job or a higher paying salary it never was in that moment oh I just love this sport so much that I just want to go through all this hardship and you know beat my body up to play this sport and so um coming in I was a very fast girl a big girl but skill wise I wasn't where I needed to be so four months into moving out to California they ended up cutting me from the team and for me like it was like okay like didn't work I'm going home and my mom's like no and I'm just like what do you mean (laughs) like I was just ready to be like it is what it is because the love for the sport wasn't there yet um and so I ended up staying and training outside of the training center, um, working at Buffalo Wild Wings to make money and also finishing my last semester of college. And so that was probably like the hardest time I've had in my career as a professional rugby player. And again, the first time that I dealt with adversity. So for me, like when that adversity came to I just wanted to be like oh no thank you like I don't want to deal with this I'll go and do something else and I'm thankful for my parents for being like no this like you need to work through this because life is not going to be easy peasy for the remainder of it so you might as well figure out how to deal with stuff like this now sooner than later and so um, I went through another four months of doing that and missed the Olympics and um, eventually was brought back onto the team went to that tournament in Sydney, Australia and went buck wild. And so from there, like history started being made for myself as an individual rugby player, but I also 
um, learned my first lesson of not being complacent with who I was as an athlete. Mm. I also found a love for the sport because my goal when I went there was to go to the Olympics and I missed that opportunity. So to choose to stay after showed me, okay, this is a sport. This is something that you are actually are gaining a passion for. It's something that mm-hmm. you want to do outside of the money, outside of what it can give you um, financially or like business-wise, network-wise. And so I rode that way for a very long time, went through a lot of coaches some that I really enjoyed and some that I didn't so much, but mainly because they challenged me. So even though I didn't enjoy them, I enjoyed um, the lessons that they taught me. I enjoyed the challenges that I was able to overcome that they put in front of me. Um, And it's just made me not only a better player, but also a better person. Adversities are necessary. So from all of that i i hear you know how to grind (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah absolutely so so talk about talk to us about what it means for you to have made it Mm -hmm. i mean you i always think about okay like what 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 do i need to accomplish to feel like i have made it and so like for me the olympics was the big thing where it's like okay if my career is done after the olympics i will be satisfied because i've accomplished the main goal that i came out here for in the beginning um and so along that journey of accomplishing the goal of going to the olympics i have accomplished so many other things in terms of being able to build my own brand being able to build a platform that has been inspiring and impactful for youth and even people of our age and older, and specifically the Black community, the female community, being able to be a Black woman in a sport that I consider, and I considered in the past of a white man's sport to be a Black woman in that sport and to be ex- excelling in that sport and to in a sense be the face of that sport has been not only impactful for other people but very impactful for me to show me that I have a purpose and that the things that I am doing are good things and things that'll make the world a better place and have a good influence on the people who are able to watch so for me it makes me really proud and like in this journey, sometimes you're just going through the motions and you forget that you forget what you're doing it for and who you're doing it for. And so when I do interviews like this and I have questions like this, it's a good reminder for myself to realize that I've accomplished a lot and that I wouldn't be able to do it without the people who have been supporting me from my family, my friends, to also my supporters on my social platforms. And that I hope through all the accomplishments that I've had that I've been able to inspire them to ask for a higher contract um, for whatever job they have or to speak up when they feel like people are being mistreated or to use their vote, to use their voice, even when they're scared to do so, because that's a lot of the things that I've learned and preached to anybody who follows me is to speak your voice whenever you're scared. And if there's something that you're scared to do, do it, because that's probably the thing that's going to take you to the next level. Mm. So good. That's good. Did you um 
did you ever feel any pressure about like I, I thought the same thing to be clear about uh rugby being a white man's sport but then mm-hmm. like once you open your eyes to the world you're like ah there's a whole country there's a couple countries that are just, just black you know yeah. so, um because you, you mentioned that you you know you found your voice um mm-hmm. not just on the pitch but off the pitch and mm-hmm. with you know being a voice for women being a voice for black people um how important i guess what i would say is being uh having black women representation in sports especially in the rugby community and also have you felt any pressure with that because you know i can only maybe think of probably i mean besides the team now because there's there's a lot of you guys now which is amazing but before you i mean i can maybe think of phaedra um and then uh vix Mm-hmm. Um, like how important because I think your voice carries so much how important is that for you it's very important only because I can go back to times and feelings of when I was so scared to do so mm. but had the mm. um, I had the inkling that I needed to do it And so because I had that feeling, I always did it. And whenever I did it, good things came from it, even though it was like something that required me to be be very courageous and also be outspoken, which is um, scary because being a Black woman, people already think of you as that. They already think of you as somebody who's going to be loud, who's going to go against the grain and who's going to talk too much. And so there's times where I'm hesitant to ask questions during meetings. There's times where I'm hesitant to speak up when I don't feel like the players are being treated correctly or taken care of enough Mm -hmm. because I don't want them to be like, oh, it's just the black woman talking again if you are the main voice on your team and you're a black woman. And so that thought has always gone gone through my mind and has always been a reason to not speak up, but knowing that and knowing that that's a stereotype and something that I want to break and make other people feel comfortable doing regardless of their skin color or their gender, I feel like I have to do it. And so like, I really like put that fear on the back burner because I know that the outcomes of speaking up for myself and for others is gonna be way more positive than any of the negatives that can come from it. So it's very important for me to not only spread awareness about sports because of the many, many, many opportunities that it has given me and the black women around me and the accomplishments that we've been able to have because of sports to share that opportunity and be a face of that so that girls who are looking at us and wondering is that something I can do or if there's other things similar Mm -hmm. to that if that's something I can do they can look at me they can look at Chris they can look at Jazz, Chetta, so many of the girls and say well they're doing it so I can do it I can do it same way in the leadership role off the field you had Chris Thomas as one of the co-captains going into the Olympics and so being able to see her at a leadership role, the highest leadership role that you could possibly have in a white man's sport, that's inspiration for people that are watching who look like her. Yeah. And you guys yeah. represent 
represents so many little brown and black girls. Mm -hmm. um, and it's awesome to, to see that. But I, I did want to ask, where do you think that that fear comes from of like, ah, I don't know if I should say this or ah, I don't, I don't want to just be that, that loud black woman or whatever, whatever stereotype you want to put in there. Like, where do you think that fear comes from? It comes from the media. It comes from stereotypes. It comes from conversations you may overhear in your workplace or at home. I mean, even the black community jokes about it as well. So like all those things ingrained in you from a young age creates that fear and that hesitancy of not wanting to be that person, not wanting to fit into the stereotype that other races may put you in. Mm. But I don't care. <laughs> I don't <laughs> care at all. I've learned yeah. to not care because I know the impact that it could have. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. So, so I'm just curious, like, what was your mental state through all of this? Like, you missed the 2016 Olympics. You had the pandemic, uh, different coaches, um, and even, like, this battle between, like, I, I should speak up, but I don't want to. Uh, so talk to us about your mental state. Mentally, I became very adaptable, and I also became very hard. Um, and when I say hard, I mean, like, not showing any emotion at my workplace, um, not showing any emotion with my teammates or my staff, because I very quickly learned that as much as we call our organization a family, at the end of the day, it is a business. And if you are not, yeah. if you're not providing anything positive or financially beneficial to the business, you will easily be cut off and replaced. And so mentally for me, I just became like a rock. And, and for my teammates and my staff, at times that can come off as somebody who is emotionless or doesn't care about who they're around, what their job is, what they're doing it for, when in reality, it's more of a armor. Because a lot of the times I talk about like, not feeling that my organization, that my teammates, that my staff are worthy of my emotions, because at the end of the day, they don't really matter if they don't benefit the team and leading them to a mm. win or um, leading them to mm. the accomplish that they're looking to reach. So I talk about like all the time rugby is a business at the end of the day it's a business so you have to do what's best for yourself and a lot of the times what's best for your teammates and sometimes that requires no emotion because if you do have emotion with a lot of the things that we've had to deal with and a lot of the things that we have to adapt around I would have quit a long time ago mm. you know and so like yeah. you have to for me, I've, I've learned for the benefit of myself to put on an armor in this business so that if it ever goes left for me, you know, I'm not being left depressed, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's so interesting because I think as Black people, 
just history has mm-hmm. um, almost ingrained that into us that like, you know, when things go wrong, we can't really sit in it and feel it. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. like, we just have to like, wow, that sucked, move on. And yeah. yeah. And that's really, that's really hard. It's really hard yeah. to sustain that for years. I mean, I'm sure you have, you know, older family members that like you ask them questions and they don't really answer it because yeah. it's almost like they suppress things so far back. And mm-hmm. it's interesting that you say that because, you know, I, I was in the system too and you're, it is a business. At the end yeah. of the day, they will find somebody else. Um, <laughs> they will drop your contract doesn't matter how many tries you score because Mm -hmm. because maybe you did show an emotion maybe you did like get upset or maybe you you did not like what your coach or teammates said um Mm -hmm. and that's hard um but I did I did want to ask like are you doing anything because you can only suppress suppress that like you can only be a rock yeah Yeah. so long long. yeah um do you do you like have another outlet besides you know rugby and hitting people and stiff arming people. Mm-hmm. And guys, when I mean she stiff arms people, like <laughs> she makes people look, she makes people <laughs> look like tiny. And it's really fun to watch because oh, it's just really fun to watch. Is she just <laughs> knocks them down? So do you have anybody to talk to and like process that? So I have two outlets. I have my best friend and I have three outlets I have my my best friend and I have my mom and so when I talk about being a rock or being hard it's specifically at work and so when I come home if I need to cry or if I need to vent to somebody and express those emotions so that I'm not holding them in I have my best friend and my mom who I'm able to do that with Um, My third outlet would be my sports psychologist and a funny story about him. I had a coach who kind of like basically was like, you don't have a choice. You have to speak to the sports psychologist. Like everybody has to do it. You don't have a choice. Mind you, like, of course I had a choice, but in (laughs) in the business, in the business of sports, if the coach says you don't have a choice, you don't have a choice if you want to keep your job and sense. And so I'm like, okay, fine. So I go to the sports psychologist and for like the first couple of meetings that we had, I'm literally, we're literally just staring at each other in silence the whole time. And the thing that was going through my head in that same moment is like, he is not worthy of my emotions. He is not worthy of my story. He's not worthy of, you know, Mm -hmm. the things that I'm going through. Why would he be worthy? A white man, you know? And so like, he won't understand where I'm coming from as a black woman. And so over time, I gave in to the idea of speaking to him. And seven years later, he is like probably the first person that I would go to if I was dealing with something, not only in the sport of rugby, but off the field as well. And so I speak with him once a week for 30 minutes and he has been a key person in sculpting me into mm. the person that I am today on and off the field. He's taught me the importance of being able to communicate differently with people and not forcing people to only communicate how I want to communicate. He's um, taught me how to not stress about things that are out of my control and to really 
put a big focus on the things that I can control. He's taught me that it's okay to open up to people even if they don't look like you because sometimes they can teach you things that other people can't who may look like you. Mm -hmm. And he just really gained my trust. And after the Olympics, we had a conversation where he just kind of emotionally expressed how thankful he was that I accepted him as a white man speaking to a black woman and how much he understood how difficult that it would be to break me, basically. Um, and he has been the most beneficial person to me in my journey. And hopefully somebody that I can stay in com- contact with even when I'm done, even though I won't be in sports to, to be dealing with a sports psychologist. And after working with him and continually working with him, I actually had a meeting with him today. Like therapy is something that, I recommend to everybody because a lot of times I'm like oh well I don't need therapy like I'm not dealing with anything and a lot of the times you don't know and even if you aren't dealing with anything it's still good to even talk about the good things and so I always try now to preach the importance of talking to a therapist because it shows that you want to be a better person because therapy really challenged me to think in other perspectives and not only just think think about myself and be selfish but to think about how my how who I am how I communicate how I act affects other people and realizing that some some of the things that I do don't affect people in a good way and so how can I change that it's like really just made me be more aware of the good things about me me but also the bad yeah that's that's so good so I want to I want to touch back a little bit um when your coach said you had uh you don't have a choice to see the sports psychologist um were you apprehensive uh back then to therapy at all or was it simply because he was a white man I didn't really pay attention to the fact that he was a white man until further on in our conversations when it was something that he actually brought up, brought to my attention. I was more apprehensive of talking to a therapist because I didn't think that there was anything that I needed to talk to them about. I felt that I could deal with everything and that's not the case because even though I was dealing with everything, I probably wasn't dealing with everything in the best way possible that I could. Yeah, and I mean, all, all these things that you're saying is is really good. Tony and I are huge proponents of of yeah. therapy because, like you said, it does help you become a better person. And mm-hmm. especially like you were saying, are you being apprehensive? It's just like it's ingrained in us as black yeah. people. Like you don't talk to no therapist. You don't need therapist. You got <laughs> you got Jesus, or you can pray it away, or you. Don't that person, that's just the crazy uncle, right? Yeah. And it's just yeah. like you don't need no therapist. What are you gonna do? Tell that it's almost like we our families, at least my family was just like, you don't need to talk to a therapist. What are you gonna do? Tell them all of our business. Yeah. Yep. And it's yep. just like, no, I'm gonna tell them my business. <laughs> and <laughs> I I think about like for people who don't know, like rugby in the US is way different than rugby around the world because we're so big of a country that you get multiple states coming together 
to form this one national team. So you get all these different personalities. Yeah. And I know at least when I was training with the boys, you know, in 2016, it was so, uh, I mean, you, you saw us and you probably heard <laughs> stories. It was vastly different personalities. And like, yeah. we didn't have a sports psychologist. I didn't know if we did or not. Um, and understanding how to interact. You said something really important about I, like my actions, the way I act sometimes negatively affect people. Yeah. And I think that is so huge to know because of your platform, your voice, um, how you perform. And that is something I think I'm so glad that that coach made you. What coach was it? Was it Brownie? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> because I have a love-hate relationship with Brownie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's great. I love him as a person on the rugby pitch. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, but I'm so glad he, he had you do that because like, look at you now, like when I first met you, I mean, guys, Naya is still, she was a sweet person back then. So I don't want the auto, she was not cold and like, she was a sweet person, but I've also seen your growth even now. Like you're very, in, just watching you in interviews, talking to you, you're a lot more intentional, um, and how you communicate and even like with your brand and, mm-hmm what you're doing with the girls and with youth rugby. It's so cool to see. Um, what would you say your biggest breakthrough with uh, therapy has? Um, I think my biggest breakthrough would be like getting over the fact that like having somebody curse you out is not the best form of motivation growing up like Mm. in my black community the coaches cursed you out if you didn't do something right if you didn't play well enough you're getting put on the bench like there was no um there was no empathy in the sport and I grew up with it so it was something that I I loved I liked it it motivated me and so when I got to um California as you said like the coaching staff was different they come from different backgrounds um your teammates are different the staff is different none of them operated in the way that the coaches that I grew up with operated and so my biggest breakthrough was letting go of that and opening myself up to different coaching styles, opening myself up to different communication styles. And it's still to this day, something that I struggle with because that was my motivation and at times still is. And so I feel um, not whole because I don't have that at the moment and haven't had had it in my career as a professional rugby player the entire time it's something that I miss but luckily um I have a teammate who grew up in the same background and I can get that from her and so like having little pieces of home while also learning new things from people who grew up in other places and learning how to communicate with them in a place where we meet in the middle not me having to go all the way to their communication style or vice versa but us meeting in the middle I think that's been the biggest breakthrough for me is 
knowing I can't talk to everybody the same. Because if I do, I'm not going to get the outcome that I want. You have to talk to yeah. them in a way that'll um, make them give you what you want, basically. And it's not always going to be cursing at them, yelling at them, um, because that's what you're used to. You have to be more open-minded to different forms of communication. So I think that's been the biggest thing for me, mainly because I'm still figuring that out and still, mm. you know, going backwards and forwards with that learning. Which is so, it's so interesting to think that because I think about my coaches too. Mm-hmm. And like growing up, you know, playing football, basketball, track. Um, I've had some who would cuss me out. I've had some who would yell. I've had some who would, you know, kind of pick my brain and let me think. And you do for sure remember the ones who cussed you out, right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be cussed out every time, but it's almost like, you, like you were saying, like, it's almost like you craved it. It's like, yeah, you know, like they care. Yeah. It's like, because like, I'm trying to match your intensity. Like I, I feel it. I remember yeah. I had a coach who would just be like, you know, get some fire in your eyes. And then like, who knows what else he would say. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah and i'm like yeah. i'll run through a wall for you yeah and, <laughs> right. and like the rugby community and lifestyle is just not like that like you can't be on 10 <laughs> all day long you play so many games it's like yeah so it, it's cool that you're learning like not everybody's built like that and yeah. i think what what you communicated that is that like you can't talk to everybody that way either and I also want to kind of encourage you as you know eventually you know rugby will come to an end eventually you're going to transition eventually you're going to be working or a boss or an employee or whatever and I would say my hardest transition you know I mean obviously I I still I'm still playing here and there but my hardest transition is turning that off because when I'm I'm like leading a team and when I want to get things done, I just go athlete mode. And it's like, okay, this is how we get things done. You see it. We do this, this, and this. Like, that's it. But yeah, people aren't built like that. <laughs> so my encouragement would continue to learn how to communicate with people. Continue to learn how yeah. to communicate with your teammates who are from around the world, your coaches who are from around yeah. the world. Because it's like, in the real world, like, you just can't talk to people about that thing. <laughs> and i would say and I, I literally just learned that maybe two weeks ago because i watched the interview of these athletes talking about that i was like oh that makes so much more sense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why people kind of like they go into like a turtle shell when i get like that and i'm like yeah oh mm-hmm. so i'm glad you're you're learning that now because it's important yeah yeah um so so what what has been some um other accomplishments that you are proud of besides the olympics which you already touched on um one of the accomplishments i am proud of is becoming the all-time try scorer uh say that say that (laughs) i'm proud of it mainly because of the amount of time it took me to accomplish it which i feel like was a short amount of time um and also like i'm proud that the person who held it before was a black woman as well and so to kind of continue that 
um, I don't want to say tradition, but just continue that is like very inspirational in my eyes. And then another accomplishment is being the first woman on the USA rugby team to hit 100 tries. Um, and the main reason that I'm proud of that is because there can only be one first person for that. Wow, and yeah. so to be that wow. first person, a black woman on the USA women's rugby Man. team, I think that's really dope. So, first okay, of all, I, so... I want to give you your flowers, first of all, because like those are huge. And I'm like, I didn't even, I'm, I've obviously watched you do those, but mm-hmm. like to hear it, I'm just like, wow. Like, you were really that chick, girl. I I hope you know it. Like, you're the first. No, that means nobody else has done it. Yeah. Like, do you understand that? Like, that's wild. What the heck? So, it's really cool. I have a question because uh, I probably like most listeners are wondering what are tries? Tries. So, um tries are our form of scoring in rugby and so in rugby you have to go into the end zone or the try zone as they would say in rugby and instead of just having to run it into the try zone like in football where you just have to run it into the end zone and that's a touchdown in rugby you have to run it into the try zone and touch the ball down to the ground and that is a try and is for five points and then Similar to football, you can kick a conversion for two extra points. In football, I think it's like, I don't know how many, how much points it is in football, but um, very similar to football, um, that's what a try is. Great. Basically Thank our you. scoring system. You're welcome. Great. And just Thank to be you. clear, <laughs> she has the most of any U.S. women. I I heard that. She I, I, I got that part. I was, <laughs> I was just wondering what tries were. That's so long. It's a great question. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> thanks, thanks for asking that. Cause like we're talking like oh, yeah. rugby and it's just oh, like oh. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um so we obviously talk a lot about rugby uh on this episode. Who are you outside of rugby? Outside of rugby, I am a world traveler, so I love going on vacations as much as I possibly can and seeing parts of the world that I never dreamed of seeing. I am also a shopper. I love to go shopping. I love to spend money just as much as I love to make it. Um, (laughs) I am (laughs) a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a black woman. I'm a friend to many people. Um, and hopefully I'll be a legacy once I'm done with this. I mean, I think you already are. Yeah. That I mean <laughs> I would say you're a legacy already. So thank yeah. you. Um and our last question before we move on to our next segment. What does it mean to be authentically you? To be authentically me means to not second guess my actions or my words. It means to be my goofy and humorous self, regardless of who's around. It means to be proud of being a Black woman, a African-American, and a woman. 
And it means using my voice to speak up for people who are at the moment too fearful to use theirs. Mm -hmm. And it means just being free with my life and not overthinking or overcomplicating anything. That was That's great. Yeah. So well spoken. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Lots of <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, we do want to transition to our next segment. Um, it's the segment of all segments. It is called Rapid Fire. So this is Rapid Fire. We're going to ask you three questions. And um, we're just going to say the first thing that comes to mind. So you're not going all to right. ask go. Uh, you're not going to collect 200. Um, so no first thing that comes to mind. Don't know, okay. no overthinking. Yeah. <laughs> Authentically no. me. Authentically yes, me. And I, yes. I, and I want the listeners just to be ready, guys, because uh, I love Naya's first initial thoughts. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. All right, here we go. If you were a warning label, what would, you, what would it say? Extremely hot. <laughs> 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 all right i love that answer oh man <laughs> oh gosh um chick-fil-a or popeyes chick-fil-a wonderful dc or marvel uh, dc what is dc it's like uh who would you put in DC, Tony? Like Flash, Flash, yeah, yeah. Arrow. Arrow. Um, oh, I'm just Adam. gonna, I'm gonna go with Marvel because I don't know what DC is, and I'm not a, a superhero person in general. So I've heard of Marvel before. I'm gonna go with Marvel. All right, all right. Simple <laughs> answer. Again, no, no overthinking. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely nope. overthought that one. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's great. Oh man, well, Naya, this has been amazing. Um, before we uh, conclude, let the people know like what you're doing, what you have next, where they can find you. So first, I just want to shout out my team. Please follow us on Instagram at USA Rugby, and you'll be able to kind of stay in touch with our tournament and any other events that we have going on. We have our first tournament at the end of November in Dubai, so keep an eye out for that. And for myself, I have a website, nyatapper.com, where you can learn more about me. You can check out my podcast and a lot of other things I have going on. And I also sell merch on there that you can purchase. And follow me on all social platforms at nyatapper. Boom. Boom. Good to hear first. You heard it here first. <laughs> Go get her merch. Naya on fire. Yes. Extremely hot. Extremely hot. <laughs> oh, I see what you did now. Uh, <laughs> makes no sense. That, that's good. <laughs> um. Well, again, thank you so much for, for hopping on the podcast. Um, this was such a great episode. We're so thankful. Thank you for taking time out of your day, time out of your, your recovery. I know you're probably recovering yeah. for tomorrow. <laughs> Um, but again, thank you, Naya. Um, people go follow her. And until next time, be authentic in everything that you do.
women that defy the odds. Right? Like, that's, that's what I'm sitting with right now. Like, mm. man, like, you know, here's a powerful, unashamedly black woman being the the face for women's rugby when you and her and probably other people think it's just a white man's sport. Like it it's incredible to to see the drive and passion she has uh for the game and yeah I'm I'm blown away by her story. Yeah, I that just to see her growth, like Naya is truly built different and her mentality, you know, going in and to see how it has transformed and her finding her voice on and off the pitch, I think has been such a really cool testament. You know, she has, she's a brand now that people are wanting to yeah. support her as a brand. She is helping out with, uh, you know, women or girls rugby. And she's just, you know, really doing it for the culture and it's really cool to see to see her and to see the club so I'm yeah to watch. oh yeah it's man this this was a good one i'm probably definitely going back and re-listening to this multiple times multiple well guys you know what time it is it is time for the friendship quiz so We've been doing this friendship quiz for a while. And I'm just sure, a little bit. I'm sure somebody knows the score. And they probably know that I am I'm winning. So, <laughs> um, the question I have for you, Tony, it could be easy and it could not be. You are gonna be the, the deciding factor. It is just a true or false question. Are you ready? All right. Am I a junior or not? True, you are a junior. Yeah, that was that was mad easy. Oh, okay. You know, I just wanted that that was mad easy. (laughs) See how quick I answered that? Come on now. Uh, that's what we call new stalling for our listeners. Tony, I've never stalled. <laughs> I just, I just, what, happens if I, what happens if I just think slowly? <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, fair, but you don't think slowly because you're constantly talking as you're trying to think. That's oh. what we call stalling. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, thank you again for listening to another great episode with Naya and us being authentically us. Again, hey, give us a rating. Um, listen to us. Go back and listen to some other ones. This has been a great, another great episode, and we're thankful for you guys. We've been doing this for a while. Again, Tony, congrats for sticking with me. Sticking with me this long, you know, because I can be different. Oh, uh, we know it. <laughs> guys, Hey, until next time, be authentic in everything that you do. Peace. Peace.